washed in the light I pray for the night To take me, to take me to After so many words Still nothing's heard Don't know what we should do and boom, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. Little Bahamas to ease our way in uh, to today's episode. Today's episode is actually brought to you by Generous United. Generous United is a membership-based buying group headquartered right here in Atlantic Canada. What they want to accomplish is to make sure prescription drugs are more affordable. doesn't matter if it's for you, a loved one, maybe you're a boss and you need your coworkers to be able to afford health care a little bit more. If you can save one aspect of health care, you are going to be able to to afford other aspects of healthcare. That's why Generous United is here for you so you can save money on prescription drugs. We're not out of this pandemic yet. The light is at the end of the tunnel, but we're still going through it. That's why Generous United will team up with the pharmacist, the local member of your community, and give you a free online attentive service that will allow you to save money. I want you to head on over to generousunited.ca. That's G-E-N-R-U-S united.ca and see if there's any services that they can provide you, a loved one, family member, co-worker, doesn't matter who. We can all be benefiting from the services at Generous United. Today's episode is also brought to you by CryptoVantage. CryptoVantage is here to help you when it comes to the world of cryptocurrency. We all know cryptocurrency is here to stay and we need help. We need to be educated on the terms. NFTs, what are those? Head on over to CryptoVantage.com slash high button. Fill out the white paper at the bottom of the sheet. CryptoVantage will send you a free online service that will give you information that you need to know in regards to cryptocurrency. I've made mistakes in the past myself i want to make sure that you don't make those same mistakes okay crypto vantage and high button sports here to help you and boom monday december 20th time is flying christmas five days away i hope everyone is enjoying their holidays so far i know we are here at high button sports uh we have a great podcast for you today really excited about this one Sean Miller, growing up out there in the East Hans area, ended up playing for the Cole Harbor Major Midget. After that, moving on to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, playing for Blandville for three years. After that, moving on to Cape Breton in his home province of Nova Scotia. After that, being traded in his 20-year-old year to Rouen and currently plays for Dalhousie University, where he has 18 games played this season with 20 points. Over a point per game. Stay humble, Sean Miller. Uh, today's going to be a great episode. We hope you enjoy it, and we hope you enjoy your holiday season. I'm Justin. We're talking to Sean Miller. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. Uh, Mr. Sean Miller, thank you very much for joining the podcast. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. First podcast you've ever done. You are just saying. Yeah, this is my first one. I've, uh, I mean, this is long overdue. I know we probably should have got this done a couple years ago, but... Uh, it's been busy, crazy couple years for all of us. So, well, you probably got the best part of our company out of the way with the mic'd up video back. Was it two years ago now? I think it was two years. I was still Cape Breton at that point. Yeah, I remember that was one of the highlights of our company because we actually got to work with the Q team and we actually got to do it in the Scotiabank Center. And back then, when we got we got approval from your media guy, and then we had to get approval from your coach. And then I knew you were on board. But when everything came together and we actually got to do it, we were just like. That was the first Q team we got to work with. We just didn't think we'd be able to be able to do it, and it, it happened, and it was awesome. Oh, yeah, the staff with Cape Rat and, like, the media guys there, everybody, the coaches, especially that group that we had there with Grimes and, and all the staff there that year was just unbelievable. It was the best, uh, it was the best place to play I've, I've probably ever played, too. And I remember walking up, like, you guys were all – it was practice. It was pre-game Morning skate because you guys played that night. And didn't you get a hat trick that night? Uh, I think, actually, I think that was the game. I never got a hat trick. In the Metro So Center. I scored three that night, but one got called back. And I, it was like one of those plays where it was like a minute and 30 seconds before there was an offside, and they review till the last whistle, and it got called back. No. Um, so never ended up getting a hat trick. I think my last one, I might have been 10 years old anyways. <laughs> I don't deserve one at this point. <laughs> I remember watching the game, and I was taking all the credit on our Twitter account. Like, Sean Miller won, high button magic. Sean Miller has two, high button yeah. magic. And we're like, the mic'd up magic is working. Yeah, three, we three went in the net, but to three didn't count. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, playing in the Metro Center, was that? Is it still like, uh, how many games did you end up getting in there in your Q career? Oh, I've... 
playing Cape, I played a lot. Yeah. I don't know how, what the exact number is, but like just playing in that building for the first time. I remember I was playing with Blainville. I, I think I only played three shifts. I hurt my shoulder. Um, but like the national anthem was the thing that stuck out to me the most is like, and you just like take that second to yourself. And like, I mean, you didn't make it really that far. You only made it to the queue, but like you're a kid. I grew up in Enfield. So my parents would always go down to the superstore, buy Moosehead tickets, and then take me and my brother there. And we just shirts off, just dying for that six foot <laughs> sub. Like, and then you sit there on the bench and the, everything goes quiet. The national anthem comes on. And then like halfway through, everybody starts singing and you just get like chills right through your body. And I can't imagine what it's like for the guys who actually make it to the bigs. Like, that'd be just out of this world. That was the Baron yesterday. Like, imagine, That's crazy. you know, like the, the, the emotion he must have had yesterday yeah. when he got the call up. Yeah, I turned uh, I turned that game on for maybe five minutes, and I seen his assist there. So I was, did, pretty, I was pretty fired up. Did they there. give him did the assist? Did they give him the assist? I don't See, know. I, I don't turned, know. I turned it off. It was a pretty direct pass, though, too. But it was, I think, I think there was a tip. It oh, was, was tipped there? maybe twice. So when we. He never s- got it, did he? I'm, I'm going to look right now on the score app. Yeah. So 4 2 yesterday, uh, Colorado, Baron. No, they didn't give it to they him. They gave him, him a plus one. He had nine minutes and 10 seconds on the ice. Oh, I was, I was right fired up. I turned it on five minutes, seen the assist. Said he did his job, right? Turned it back off, went to bed. So. Yeah, it was. He played great. Like, yeah. he, for nine minutes and 10 seconds, yeah. though, the time he was out there, he didn't make any mistakes. He was calm. He pushed the puck up. Yeah, exactly. Played well. Deserves yeah. to be there, too. Oh, 100%. Um, the going back to the Metro Center, the first time you played there, the excitement. The last time you played there, was it the same excitement as playing the first time? Like, was the emotion still the same? Uh, I wouldn't say it's the exact same, but it was like uh, you still get that feeling of like, especially I was in Rouen Rand at this point. That was my last uh, my last game there. I was in Rouen. Yeah. Um, coming back was just uh, I don't know. It's just like just so nice to come from all the way away and then come and have your family, your friends there and like be able to, to see them after the game and, and just kind of take in that last moment. I knew it would have been my last game, um, there. Um, it was just like, I don't know, just looking back at all the times I get to play in that arena, probably most of them didn't go my way, but it was just being able to have like the friends and family who supported me throughout my career, be there and be able to watch me at that stage was yeah, like pretty awesome thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to the beginning. What was it like growing up uh, in Enfield as a child? Uh, man, I probably won about six minor hockey games my whole career. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever won a trophy in my life. At least you're honest about but, it. But uh, I think that that it's coming along good. That organization's coming along great now, and I see they're they're winning all kinds of things. But um, you know, the development wasn't all the best there, and I I think at that stage, like my dad was always talking about. He sees these kids out now. The they're starting playing hockey. They're three times a week. I think my skate was six a.m. on Sunday, um, once a week when I was that age. And all the other kids, like whatever, like the bed for kids, or whatever. We're getting like maybe three skates, two skates a week. Maybe Friday, Friday at five o'clock. Like parents getting off work. Dad's dad's rolling out of the can at six a.m. Getting me to the getting me to the rink, trying to lace on the old CCM tax for me to go out and and dart around. Like the development just wasn't great, and I ended up. Uh, peewee going to play in cole harbor um for my second year in peewee triple a was that tough like on the friend group and like the the politics side of things or was <sighs> did you just know it was necessary at yeah Pee-wee? so my first year my first year peewee i played for east hans but it didn't originally happen like that so i think they have the divisions i don't know what they are now but i believe so east hans eastern shore cole harbor and dartmouth i believe are a group so east hans wasn't planning on having a triple a team they were going to have a double a team so i went and tried out for Cole, or, uh, Dartmouth that year, and I made the team, and then they announced that, or East Hans announced that they were going to have a triple-A team, and I think, still to this day, actually, in my dad's uh, my dad's closet, he's got a piece of paper written down with all the scores. It's the only thing he's ever kept track of in life, was all the scores of the games. He was so rattled that I had to go back and play for a team that didn't deserve to be in the in the division, yeah. and I think we were out, I think we might have scored like 15 goals that year, something like that, and we like... Every game against like you see the Bedford, it'd be like twelve one or like twelve zero. I think we scored one goal against Bedford all year, and I took a backhand shot from outside of the blue line, and it trickled in on. Uh, I think it was Brennan Hurdle. Yeah, that's our one goal all season. It was just we sh- shouldn't have been playing. So the next year they they took the AAA program out, and I was able to go to Cole Harbor, and we went uh, down to the Pee Wee tournament in Quebec, and like oh, we were we were in the BSR division, which was like I think it's the BSR. It's like the second division, kind of. Yeah, we, and were, we were able. One. We were able to. We won it actually, which was unreal. So, I mean, who'd you play against in the finals? Uh, we played against. Who was it? I know we played against a team from Czech in the 
Czech Republic in the semis. Yeah. And then I think we just played like a team from Quebec City or or somewhere around there. It wasn't a team from very far away. But we were able like we were playing with uh Paul Mason was the head coach and that coaching staff was the team or the coaching staff that coached Crosby. No. So we got to play in whatever that big mall with the rink in it. Yeah, we against played there. the uh against the Pittsburgh junior penguins and stuff. So that was pretty cool. So I mean good experience in minor hockey, but uh it was probably good good for me to get out of East Hans there. I was gonna I say, what a year to go to Cole Harbor because then you get that opportunity to go to the Quebec PV tournament. You yeah. wouldn't have got that opportunity yeah, in East Hans. No. That's sick. Yeah, it was awesome. That's yeah. a great man, that tournament was unbelievable. We went as well and just the people you get to meet. It's like, you know, we played against like Lemieux's son in Pittsburgh and like yeah. you'll you'll play against uh, Colorado and it's Forsberg's son. Yeah, it's exactly. just like things like that. that yeah. you, the kids that you just get to meet and the pins and the whole thing and just you, you feel like a pro for the first time. It was yeah. it's it's easy a, to remember. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, 100%. And then uh, and then after that, what was the transition like into, I saw that you went and played Cole Harbor Midget as well, but yeah. before that you were at. Yeah, so I was going to school at Newbridge Academy, playing was, yeah. playing for Cole Harbor and East Hans. I went there in grade, I think I went there in grade four. I was like one of the first, one of the first original students at that school. I think there was grades three to eight in my classroom. So there was just like five computers, grades three to eight. We just got like, so we got four or five textbooks. One was uh, math, one was science. And you just finish your textbook and you finish your textbook, you were done the year. You got to go to the next grade. So, like, <laughs> I was doing that, playing hockey, and then was playing Bantam for the Newbridge Academy Senators. But they were they were just, like, a sponsor of the team. Was Ants on the, there yet? No, was he, he wasn't. wasn't. No, it was there? Patty Flynn when I was a coach okay. there. Um, so, and then two years there, went to Cole Harbor, played first year in Cole Harbor, broke my arm halfway through. Just got back in time for the Canada Games. I think I had like two weeks in between getting back and then going to the Canada Games and then was able to pull off pretty good Canada Games and uh, Q Combine, and then I was able to spark into the Q from there. How much fun was it? I guess I shouldn't say fun, but going to Blainville your first year, leaving home, was that tough? It was crazy. Like So, like, I remember, like, I don't know, I've from East Hans, like, I'm not a city boy at all. Like, I mean, I live here now just because I go to school, but at this point, like, never really spent any time in the city unless I was in for a game and out. And I just got got a couple of like emails. It was like um, my flight and the and an address. So it was just my flight and an address. That's and exciting, said, though. And then said and then said like take a taxi and keep the receipt. Well, I've never taken a flight by myself. I've never taken a taxi by myself. Why would I? I don't even know if there is taxis in East Hans. <laughs> and then and then I just got an address. So I'm going to this billet family. I don't know their names. I don't know anything. So I get on this flight, fly out, figure everything out. Whatever. It's not that hard. Got taxi, got to the place, and I sit there and I ring ring the door. I'm in Montreal or Blainville, pretty much Montreal. Yeah. Ringing the doorbell, and no one's answering me. Like, I don't know what to do. I, I got one contact. He's not answering his phone. These people aren't home. I sat out on the porch for four hours, no one home, and then they get home, couldn't speak a word of English, <laughs> and I don't know a word of French. Like I couldn't count to ten right now in French. Like it was just one of the most traumatizing days of my life and then i had to get up the next morning and practice like it was brutal i think i had a piece of dark chocolate and almond for breakfast i was so oh nervous like God. it was tough oh, you're, you're 16 i was 16 yeah oh. yeah it was brutal like my parents just like whatever just you know you're going it should be organized and everything got there it was just a zoo for the first day and then i ended up switching billets out and i had a great experience in blandville it was a tough program to play for at the start but uh once you got used to the to the way things were operated there, it, it, it was a good place to be. What were some of the things that you had to transition into that maybe weren't as easy as you thought? Uh, I mean, I just don't know any French. I mean, I but isn't it a Richards, rule you have to speak English? Isn't they, that? Yeah, it's a it's it's a rule, but a, that's that's not followed yeah, at all. Okay. In in certain places, like that's not followed at all. I think I don't know if even Victoriaville has an English guy on their team. Wow, like they would never speak English there. Blainville, they would speak some English like in practice and stuff, but like most of it would be french and you'd kind of be trying to dodge in get some get some information and get out like it was it was it was tough and then i think the schooling for me was the toughest part like i've never i mean until now like a pretty good student now going to dalhousie but before that i was never like a big student and you go there and and instead of having teachers like sitting there like helping you through stuff you basically just have your online work and you're expected to do it but in our school in blainville so the rinks right here and there's like a player's VIP lounge upstairs. Nice. Xbox, two ping pong tables, big 70-inch flat screen TV. I mean, couches everywhere. Anything you could ever imagine to have fun as a 16-year-old guy. Or you got your books over there. So my books went to the corner very quickly, and I became a great ping pong player. 
like all I did was play ping pong all day. And then I got to exams, like final, final uh, couple weeks of the semester. And I got emails from my teachers like, where's your work at? Well, I don't know. I don't know, but and I got ten points yeah. already in the season, so you know. Yeah, just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I just I struggled with school, and actually, Ants was one of my teachers. Uh, Matt Anthony was one of my teachers at Newbridge at that point. No. Yeah, so he was. I don't know what class he was teaching me, but some class. He's like Melzi. He's like, you gotta send that assignment to me, man. Like, I don't know what to do. You gotta send it to me. It's been three months. Like, just hand it in. Like, I'll give you. I'll give you a half decent mark. Just like, Get send me an assignment. Yeah. yeah right. So. Got a land, got through it, and now I'm all caught up. Yeah, now you're caught now. up. Yeah, yeah, seven yeah, exactly. years later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seven years later, I figured out my grade ten. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, what uh, people say at 16 years old, it's a it's a weird age to go into the queue. Some guys are ready, some guys aren't. What yeah. do you think made you ready to go at 16? <sighs> I still doubt that I was ready. Honestly, oh, I, yeah. I I talk about this a lot. I talk. I know you guys had Derek Gentile on here too, and and he played at sorry, 16. Sorry, is he good on these good? Okay, sorry. Am I good? Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, he was 16-year-old, and we were talking about this the other day, and I said, like, I really don't know if it was the best thing for me to go at 16. You see, like, guys like, like Drake played played his midget, played his junior A, like, developed into the player he is, was able to develop those skills. Instead of going and getting handcuffed when you're still in that growing stage, I don't know. There's definitely guys who are ready to go at 16. I don't know if I was. Um I did have success in my 16 years, not not great amounts of success, but I was playing a lot of ice time compared to other young kids in the league. But I think it kind of stunned myself as a hockey career or as my growth, growth in my hockey a little bit, um, just going in and and while I'm, I still should be learning like skills of the game and and understanding the game, I'm I'm thrown right into a, a lockdown system where where I'm pretty pretty much a robot out there, and and any mistakes you do are just exaggerate it so much at that especially at that age when you're playing against I remember playing against uh St. John's uh, or St. John and just like turn a puck over and like three seconds later it's in the back of the net and the coach is just like looking me in the eyes like he's gonna kill me I'm like man like I'm not ready for this like these guys are like crazy right now it's way above my head and I could have been back in midget still developing and came the next year when I was physically ready I think I was 160 pounds like just not enough to play in that league but I wouldn't take back the time. Like, still loved doing it. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, like, even though it's a wear and tear at the very beginning, you're still learning lessons for your 17-year-old year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just yeah. takes a long time to realize it. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think like, eventually that that 16-year, like, the habits I, I created were the foundations, even though I thought they were probably bad for me and, and I wasn't playing that skilled or, like, fast-paced game that I was used to playing growing up. I think they were the foundations that, like, kept me to the player I am today and was able to like take me through the next five years and still remain playing lots of ice time and it may not have been the ice time that I want to play it might not have been the power play one all five years mm. but it was it was locked down minutes it was I mean 17 25 minutes a night like somewhere in between there so like my whole career so I always had a good role on teams it might not have been the role that uh, I dreamed of having yeah but I was effective player in the league so uh, I guess I'm grateful for for learning those roles early and how much fun was it being traded to your home province of Nova Scotia playing for the Cape Breton Eagles? Oh, man, that team was unbelievable. That trade was a, was a weird one. I I didn't see it coming at all. I mean, I'd never been traded before. I basically never even thought about being traded at that point. Um, I was on a really good team, and I was playing a lot. It happened to me twice. But So it was I was in the Bathurston trade, and Drake was one of my good buddies at this time. I was training with him in the summer, and... He was at the World Juniors, and so was our head coach, general manager, and he's the guy who made the trade. So Drake uh, Drake calls me, FaceTimes me. I'm laying in bed. Oh, yeah, like, it's going to be awesome. I'm coming to Blainville. Like, and I my I had a billet house that was for two billet kids. Like, usually it was two billet kids, but it was only me there. So I was like, oh, yeah, like, move in with me. Like, be awesome. Like, we get to live together, build a house, travel together every day. Like, I get up the next morning, driving to the rink. Uh, I think it was pregame skate or – it might have been just a practice day. I got a call from my dad. He's like, uh, he's like, I think you just got traded, bud. Like, I said, no, dad. I said, where'd you see that? He said, he said, look on Twitter right now. I looked on Twitter. I said, oh, don't worry about that, dad. Like, you know, there's always stuff like floating around the media, especially around these times. Like, don't worry about that. Don't get my head going. Yeah. And I rolled up in the rink, and the equipment manager was just, uh, just giving me the paw, and I knew it. And me and me and Kyle Havlina got traded to Cape or traded to Cape Breton. I think it was the uh, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I just. I cherished every moment in Cape Breton and, and going back and like you really don't realize for me how how good people are back in this province until like I lived out of this province and, and 
took for granted, like the way people act and, and just like the everyday manners of people in this province is just so much better than over there. And it's just uh, nice to be able to have good conversations with uh, like nice people in Cape Breton too. What were some of the things you noticed right away from being in Cape Breton and the mannerisms of people right away? Yeah, like I just like, just people care about you, right? Like, I mean, it seems like in Montreal, everything was moving so fast and everybody's lives were so busy and, and so hectic that, I mean, there was no real care for people. You just, I mean, you go to the mall, pe- people looking off your shoulder, like they don't care about you. And then you go to Cape Breton and everybody just seems like everybody in the community loves each other and they just want to everybody to do the best and be around each other and it's the same in that rank i mean everybody from this top down want want success for everybody and maybe some people didn't fit but you still treated them with respect um as the, as the top guys like the same respect as the top guys so i don't know it was just full change of life almost it, going from that montreal program or blaineville program to to cape Breton. yeah yeah how old were you when you got traded eight I was eighteen. So you're pretty eighteen weird. at Christmas. Like I probably should have known it was coming. Like, yeah. But and they I were mean, good, Cape up. Breton, at that time. Uh, or was it the year after? Because it was the year before. No, I think Cape Breton was very good when I was sixteen. Sixteen, they were really good. And then Blaineville was. We were pretty good when. Uh, so we went to the finals when I was seventeen yeah. against St. John, and they won, sweeped us. Oh. And then the next year they were pretty good, and I was just part of the part of the guys who got traded out at uh christmas i think it was me and Havelina went for batherson a couple other guys got moved around so mm-hmm. and i think they went to the finals again that year and lost to i'm not sure bathers maybe it was i don't know i don't got a great memory but it was maybe it was yeah. one of those teams yeah. they, they they had been to the finals two years in a row and i don't they didn't win one did you get to play with igor oh yeah you yeah did? i played with the so yeah how many years i played so it would have been i played that half year and then I played, so I would have played 18 and a half, 19, and 20 and a half with Eggsy. Yeah. And funny story, the second time I got traded to Rouen, so I had no, this this one I was even more blindsided by. Like I had no, there was no talks, no nothing about me. I was playing 25 plus minutes a night. This is the most I've ever played in my, my life. Um, sitting there in the basement, Eggsy's playing against Team Canada at the World Juniors. And I got half the team in my basement, like in my basement apartment at my build house. And whatever, I'm just hanging out, sitting there, and my phone rings. It's the GM. So I kind of just, like, quietly walk out, like, answer the phone. He's like, yeah, like, Millsy, you're, you're trade it. And then just, like, I don't know. I just, I, I broke down. I was I was so upset. Like, I was going to my 20-year. I'm four and a half years into this league, like, playing at home. Like, you know, we're just going down the final stretch. We got this pretty good team. I mean, we weren't great, but, like, pretty good team. That could have made a half-decent run in it. I don't think we would have ever won, but half-decent run at it. And I get traded to the other side of the league. Full, you couldn't go any coast You're to coast, it. right? Like I went from Cape Breton, one side of the league, all the way to Rouen Rand on the whole other side, whole different program, everything. Had to meet new guys. Um, it was a great team over there, but uh, it was just like a deflating situation when I got traded uh, the second time, finished my career on the other side of uh, the league. I remember I was talking to Heinem that day for some reason. Yeah. I don't know about what. And then, like an hour later, I found out about the trade, and I thought of you right away. I didn't know you like we we did the mic'd up thing yeah. and all that, but I didn't know you personally. Yeah, and like my heart kind of broke for you. It was like a Nova Scotia boy from East Hance. Yeah, it's just like you don't really need to know the guy to know what he's going through right yeah. now. And it was just, I don't know, I, I that that hurts. I've never been traded before, yeah. but I couldn't imagine getting traded, but getting traded to deep, deep North Quebec. Yeah, and I think, like, me and Hein have been buddies since, like, he was on that Pee Wee AAA team that oh, I played yeah? with, and, like, me and him were, like, best friends. That's like, me and him have been, like, incredibly close since then, yeah. and we still are to this day. Um, and, and I think he was blindsided by the trade, too. Like, he was he was a veteran there in Rouen. He's never been anywhere else other than Rouen, and he was, he was having a good season that year, and he got traded that day as well for me. And, uh... I think it was almost a shock, and I'm sitting here looking at the golf clubs. It reminds me of a funny story about this. Uh, so everything's known in Rouen. The 20-year-olds' graduation presents. So teams do graduation presents. Each team does things. But uh, Rouen Randa does golf clubs, so a full set of tailor-made golf clubs, no matter whatever you want, driver all the way down to putter, bag, balls, everything. Gloves, no. everything. What a gift. Unbelievable gift, right? So I said, you know what? Maybe there is some positives because <laughs> I just got into golf the year before. Maybe there is some positives here, like – I'm going, I got to just crush out these three months, like get out of there, get some new golf clubs and be set for the summer. All right. So we finish up, uh, we get sent home for COVID. Um, I get a text from one of the other 20 year olds. Hey, did you, uh, 
do you do your golf club stuff yet? I said, no, I didn't. I, no one contacted me. So I texted, I texted the coach. I said, Hey, uh, like I wasn't trying to be pushing. Yeah. It's like, uh, um, any word on the golf club situation? Like, uh, the season's coming up or whatever. Just, <laughs> just trying to throw something out there. He's yeah, unfortunately, uh, you got to play majority of the season as a 20 year old to get the golf clubs. Um, so Heinem, cause our season got cut short cause of COVID. Heinem played more games in, in Rouen than me. So he got, he got to go to Cape Breton. He got the full set of golf clubs. I'm up there grinding in a pair of winter boots in Rouen Aranda. And about three months later, in the middle of summer, my 20-year-old present comes. Comes. My mom texts me. She goes, yeah, you're uh, something here from Rouen. It's just like this box, right? I snap open this box. It was a wooden cutting board with my name on it, spelt wrong. <laughs> I said, this is just wonderful, isn't it? S-H-A-W-N. It's been sitting under my bed since. <laughs> Does Hindem still have the clubs? Like, oh, I imagine, yeah. Clubs. yeah. I'm swinging Dunlops around. He's swinging a brand new set of TaylorMades. <laughs> Rouen. The figure that... Rouen. I guess it's too late now, but yeah. my God. Yeah, I guess a rule's a rule, but I got, I got shafted over that one. Hard. I got shafted hard, yeah. They spelt your name wrong. Yeah, like the cutting board. What? Like a... Like a to cut so onions not, on. Like yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah, a cut. cooking cutting board. Yeah, like... <laughs> and I'm good for, like... Bowl of craft dinner, maybe some hot dogs. Like I, ain't, I'm not, I'm not cutting on and not cutting anything on that thing. Sean, oh, it was brutal. Yeah, Sean. <laughs> I got the real stiff end, but gratefully we got to get out of there. I got out of there early, and uh, it was only like two or three months I was there. So see what you do. You're a 20 year old, and you're leaving. You know you're never going to be back to that town. Take a couple pairs of skates. Take oh, some yeah. sticks. Take a couple. Yeah, that's what you do. Snag everything. Oh well, yeah. Problem was you couldn't get anything because so like. I was using sticks. I was using sticks. So I was, we were CCM in Cape Breton, and they were Bauer in in Rouen. Yeah. Um. But like before we were shut down, COVID, like the manufacturers overseas or in China couldn't send, couldn't get like enough product sent over. So I was using these sticks. I couldn't even get sticks that I was using, right? Like my regular sticks. So it was just a pretty much a disaster. And uh, I don't know. Good organization, winning organization knows how to win hockey games. Uh, not for me. Oh, way up there, freezing cold, nothing to do, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> been, man, yeah. respect you're, for you're guys. Get, you're, 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 our listeners are sobbing right now. You're getting yeah. a lot. You're winning a lot of hearts right yeah. now. Yeah, I hope so. Anybody want to give me some golf yeah. clubs? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody yeah. Want to, man, I that golf club story. Like, yeah, I'll leave it at that. But yeah. man, that's I'd sue. Like, I don't know what I'd do. I'd yeah. be so mad. And like as a as a fresh golfer, like you're looking at the new gear, right? Like I'm I'm sorry, I think it was the sim that year, the sim line. Yeah. Just oh, sim driver, like golf what kind of shaft I want, like, you know, yeah, everything. And I'm like a golf hardo too, like just right into that kind of stuff. Yeah. I was all fired up. So I'm getting something out of it, but you know, I look past that now. Well, I wanna let that go. I could talk about that forever, yeah. but it's not not a good topic. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I wanted to talk about Ants and his uh, presence in the dressing room at Cape Breton. He's the head coach now, but he was an assistant coach back when uh, you were playing. I just wanted to know how much the boys loved him in the room and how much, I guess, it oh, translated man. into him being a head coach now. Yeah, I just I don't think you could have I've I've never played for, and I don't think you could get a coach who is more talented as a coach and respected by his players, hockey wise, but also like is able to have that friendship and. and like have personal connections with guys most times you get those coaches who are either way too on one side where they're just too friendly or whatever and then they lose that aspect of being professional on one side but he is just like one of the better hockey minds I've ever played for as well as one of the best guys probably I mean you could get really and you guys know him well too is like he's he's just one of the the better coaches I've ever played for and and that's no bias from being from East Hans. I always tell him the story about uh, he was playing junior B. I remember my dad sending me down with my stick to get him autographed, and he'll never let it go. I, I, he was playing junior B, the leading scorer, I think even the league actually at that point. And I was getting an autograph from Ants, and he'll never let that one go from me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's just great, great guy on and off the ice, and and knows when to knows play the game, so knows when to have that professional mannerism around the guys and also when to let it go and, and be loose with guys as well. It's a very hard line to balance on, and if you can master very. it, all the kudos to you. Yeah, very hard line. Yeah, yeah. and then now that it's translating over into the head coaching role, I wish him nothing but the best. He probably might have to let that like fun side go a little bit more, yeah, exactly. but I have nothing but uh, faith in him to, to be able to ride that line and do a great job. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we'll see. Um, golfing. 
Actually, I don't want to get into golf yet. We'll, we'll transition yeah. into Dow now. Yeah. Um, what made you want to go to Dow? Uh, I think like just I mean I want to be home first of all. I want to be around. I haven't been around my family for for a long time. Even though I was in Cape Breton, I haven't like spent quality time with my family. Um, and then just coming back, coming back into Halifax and being able to play for a program that's in the developing stages as it is right now and and moving in the right direction. I think it was it's really fun to be part of a program that's starting to take steps forward back into being a very competitive team in this league and it was a opportunity that I couldn't pass up really and and alongside I mean obviously the fantastic education at Dalhousie I mean it really doesn't get much better than that uh, in this province and I don't know if it gets much better in the country either. Yeah, it's true. Well said. You uh, you seem to be adjusting to the role pretty well in the A or U Sports League very well. You have 18 games played with 20 points, over a point per game. Yeah. Stay humble. But transition seems to be going pretty nicely. Are you surprised at yourself, or do you think you were ready for that league? Uh, I think I was ready. I think, honestly, I think uh, COVID, like for me, was, I mean, maybe a blessing for my career. I mean, uh, uh like I was able to take some time off and uh, like all of us and, and step back and it made me realize really how much I do love this game. And uh, I think it's easy sometimes when you're playing junior to, to think, take it almost as a job or, or just take it too seriously and forget that there is fun behind it. And I think now I'm uh, able to step back and realize that, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun to play this game. And when you're, when you're playing, having fun and, and you have confidence, it's a lot easier to succeed. Yeah. What do you do? What do you think about Don's as a coach? You must like him. You must put a lot of faith in you. Oh yeah, I love him. He's a very knowledgeable coach, and he's just a he's just one of those guys like Ants too. He's just great to be around. He's easy easy going in the room, but uh, when it's game time, he turns that switch, and and all the guys have so much respect for him that uh, when it's time to turn that switch on for the game, we all we all turn it, and we got uh, all the faith behind what he says. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys find the or not guys? How do you find the balance between school and hockey i think i was lucky because last year we cut we were just practicing we never i didn't play one game last year so it was my first year as a full-time university student and then i was just practicing so i I didn't have to mix that full schedule in um like playing games and going to school so now this year i understand what i have to do to get my schoolwork done and then i'm just adding two or three games a week which is easy. So just, I mean, it's just time management. Um, it hasn't been too hard, but I, I can imagine if you were going from your 20 year old junior where you're barely doing any school and then you're throwing school on top of that hockey, full-time school, yeah. it would be a lot. But I think we were blessed, especially my age group first coming into, uh, into university. It was easy to, yeah to move in. What they say about <clears throat> the league, the AUS league, should I say AUS or U sports? U sports? AUS. AUS? I guess so. I mean, I mean, it's, it's Technically, both, I guess. It's used to sports all Atlantic. over the country, but it's AUS, the division we're playing in. Okay, so AUS. Yeah, I'll call AUS. AUS. Yeah. So yeah. they say, and it is true, it's the best hockey around here. Yeah. Um, on the cusp of professional hockey, if not better than some leagues over right. in Europe. Yeah, definitely. Um, how do you feel, like, game in and game out in the queue? You know, I'm sure maybe there might be a couple games off where there's teams that aren't the best and you're able to not dominate, but it's a, it's a lighter game. Yeah. I heard in the AUS there's no such thing as a game off. No. And the division's tighter, and you're not playing against teenagers. You're playing against men every single night. Yeah. I was wondering if you could have a story about that, maybe about how, like, each and every game you're playing, it's a battle physically and, I guess, mentally too because you know you're going into a game where every game is tight and you can't take a game off. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we only – so, like, I mean, uh, the CHL, I think we play 68 or whatever that number is, and I think 33 or somewhere, 32. I don't know the exact numbers, games a year. So there's, there's really no time to – take games off first of all which makes it stressful already but then you get you're playing against you're not taking any 16 year olds like me when I was a kid out there you just get run over and I was basically a fucking power yeah power play (laughs) um but uh so like you can't take a game off first of all and then you're playing against all men and these guys and and I think people look past this league but it's all guys who are high-end players in the Quebec League Ontario League Western League that just didn't make that step to go and get drafted to the NHL. Some of them are drafted, but some of them didn't get that step to go sign a contract. And everybody's right there, and it's an unbelievable league. And uh, I think all of our games and everybody who comes and watches our games now are talking about how great of an atmosphere it is, how intense the games is. 
Uh, it shows like a little bit more of the old school style, but also that new school skill as well as starting to mix in again. Um, and anybody who comes is loving it. And I just encourage anybody, anybody to give it at least one shot. I can guarantee they're going to like it. What's the conversation in the room at Dalhousie? I'm assuming it's the same conversation across the league, but what are guys' goals with this league? Is it to jo- go play pro? Is it to go have a job? Is it to go start yeah. a family after? Like, What's the common conversation within the room, what guys' plans are in the future? Because it is that age yeah, where it it's is. like you got to kind of pick yeah. a route here. Yeah, I think everybody everybody has pretty a common goal of getting their education is the number one number one idea in the, in the in any cis room i believe um or aus room but there's also guys uh, like myself my my goal right now is to get my education get my degree first of all continue growing as a hockey player and i'd like i'd like to go overseas um and play for a couple of years does, i'm not sure what league yet or what opportunity will come upon me but um that would be my initial goal and then there's also guys who are who are playing and and they're going to leave to go do their master's degree or go go be a doctor or so it's kind of individual situations where everybody else is in different spots of their life i mean there's guys in our team who are 20 years old and there's guys in our team who are 26 years old so Mm. um there's two different sides of it and uh, i think everybody just over their careers and i'm still young in mine they just adapt to what they see in their future coming upon it must be nice going into the room too, even if you are the youngest guy being 20 and just noting the maturity level in the room too. I'm sure there's like not a lot of drama as there is in the queue. There's just like guys that, you know, they know what they're doing. They've been through the regular yeah. of playing junior hockey and they're just there to get better and become better people, students, yeah, exactly. athletes, everything like that. Yeah, yeah, it's refreshing to have uh, a room full of 25 guys who are who are matured and, and all are moving towards a goal in their own lives. Yeah, uh, Maybe in different directions than the guy beside you, mm. but are all taking those steps at the same time to, to work towards bettering themselves in their future yeah and at the bottom of the end of the day it's great hockey just yeah. a lot of fun physical there's no shifts off the fourth line is just as good as the first yeah. line if you ask me it's just it's just good hockey yeah, yeah it's great it's hockey it's intense yeah and it's, yeah. uh i mean we got a pretty entertaining team we got some guys in our team who are, are highly talented we got some guys in our team who are, who are bruisers too so i mean you get that you get that good mix of of uh, physicality and still rough hockey mm. but then you're not throwing away that skill that you see in the junior either mm. Um, when you see guys from come over here from the Ontario League, the OHL, excuse me, do you see a difference of skill level from guys that you played in the queue? I know it might be tough to tell from a fan, but as a guy who's played hockey his whole life, do you see a difference from OHL guys to Q guys? So I guess is there WHL guys that play in the yeah? US there's W yet? guys. Uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of guys. We have a couple guys from the BC. We have a couple guys from the WHL. Yeah. Um, not really. No. No, it's all like I don't know if you would be able to tell. Maybe if you took a chl team or a q team and play them against no team maybe you'll be able to tell a little bit of difference in in game style Mm. but individual players at this level i i think like develop into their own they develop into their own personality as a player pretty much so like i mean if you look at a guy like uh derek gentile he's going to play a whole different game style than dylan boucher but it doesn't change inner leagues like uh yeah as far as i can see i mean there might be a there might be a few little adjustments but it'd be more systematic wise and, and way you guys think the games you just brought up Derek's name did you ever get invited to one of those kitchen parties in Cape Breton when he came on the show he talked about like being a 20 and all of his buddies would come to the game but then there'd be like a little kitchen party oh, after. Yeah. I'd say I was the first person there every single time so I lived uh his family home was probably like three or four streets away from me and Adam McCormick's billet house my new billet house in Cape Breton yeah. so it was basically just a roll down the hill and I'd be there and me and me and him were best of buddies in Cape Breton as well so we'd always be down there with their family and he'd always be up with our billet family as well. Derek just said it was a dream come true because he just was that kid every day at the Cape Breton Eagles games and then eventually he just became captain and one of yeah. the better players on the team and exactly. he's like just the dream come true because all you got 20 family members you have 20 friends and then if you have my kitchen five minutes down the road so it was yeah. just like it was just a, a great time in his life he said it was cool when he was telling the story. Yeah it was hilarious to see like I played with him there and I played with Bombas there too it was yeah, just like yeah 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 and then there's Sokolov too, but there's these three guys who like there's there's love for everybody in that community and all of the players, and then you get those three guys or the guys from Cape Breton, and it's just like they have the biggest support group I've ever seen in my life, and and the Cape Breton people just love them there. So it was awesome to see that, and he got to come home and play basically out of his own. He got to play out of his own bedroom, which is a dream for any player. I mean, I don't think I'll be playing any professional or semi-professional hockey at the Keith Miller Arena anytime soon. <laughs> the like, Keith Miller. Yeah. yeah, well, man, that's sick. You, uh, you got a friend, and he's on Dal too now, isn't he? He's he is like on Dal. He's, he's, you guys are fighting for the scoring lead right now. 
I wouldn't know if I'm putting up a good fight. I think he's he's like 28. He's, you have 20. He's 20. Yeah, he's. I think he's second in the in the league. No. Right now. So yeah, he's doing unbelievable. Just yeah. Wow. You guys live together? No, we don't. You live in no, downtown. He lives, yeah, I live uh, live right downtown, right, right, in the, right in the midst of all the all the mess that's going on there on Spring Garden Road. What's going on? Oh, they can't even drive down there. No, you can't. My road's just unbelievable to get. I live in just Birmingham. Talk a closer so. to the mic there. No, sorry, yeah, because I live in Birmingham. I'm like just just a disaster right now, but. Yeah, yeah. Has that's, the, that's city life, I guess. Has your league been affected at all from the new shutdowns? Are you guys still? Uh, I just seen yesterday that they shut down um, sporting events unless in New Brunswick, so that'd be UMB and Moncton be shut down. But um, that wasn't a permanent shutdown. We're we're not playing right now either. So um, I think our next game back is January seventh. Um, awesome. So hopefully, hopefully everything gets cleared up and we get this under control before then, so we don't have to miss another season. We're in the it's same definitely boat. a scare in the room. Oh, we're in the same boat yeah. here because we're streaming is a big part of our business, and yeah. we can't stream games. We don't make money, so like yeah, we, exactly. we're in the same boat. It's like we need you guys to play so we can work too. Exactly, yeah. Brutal. Yeah. So it are, is. are you on Christmas vacation right now, or do you have exams? How does it? What's yeah, your life so I'm, like? I'm in the middle of exams right now. I got my, I got this week um, free to study, and then I got my final exam Saturday at 7 p.m. It's a tough exam, what but a weird uh, time. yeah, it's a weird one. Never had one of those before, but. We'll get it done, and then I'll have I'll have the rest of the time off until I think we're going to start practicing on the twenty seventh of December. So, oh, right I'll have that. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. have that break off, which is nice. Um, it is a long break, and it, it hard to uh, hard to keep in shape. But I guess we still have the ice and and try to get out as much as we can, and stay in shape. But every other team has that break as well. Does your family still live out in East Ants? Yeah. Do yeah. I? Where are you from? Not East Ants. I'm from I, Enfield. Man, you you guys are touchy about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an Enfield Lance, boy. Yeah. Enfield. I, I've messed it up a bunch of times, yeah. and I keep. So Enfield. I'm an Enfield boy. Enfield yeah. boy. Okay. Yeah, so the exactly. family's still out there. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be back host. there. Yeah. Exactly. I'll be back out there as soon as that exam's done on Saturday. I'll be out there for uh, for the rest of the break. Oh, that's, that's the for best. sure. Yeah. What, it is. What are you studying in school? Uh, business management. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any Just, desires uh, after after you said you still want to go play pro, but like yeah. any business aspirations? I would like ideally I'd like to go overseas, play pro, um, gain some capital and then come back home and, and uh, be a business owner of some sort. And yeah. it's hard to say right now exactly what that is, only being two two years into my degree and uh multiple years away from that ever happening. But uh oper- owning and operating a business is my dream. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I love how like the, the, there's no rush with anything. I remember when I was younger, and I'd be like 20. How old are you? 22. 22. 22. Yeah. And I'd be like, I gotta start right away. Like I can't play hockey anymore. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. But with you, it's best of both worlds. You're getting your education and you have the hockey. Yeah, exactly. And even after, if you want to go to Europe, dude, like you're under 30. You just yeah. there's no rush. Exactly. And you're getting experience. Like the one thing I always preach to these younger guys here that work with us, like starting a business or, or being in the business world is all about building relationships exactly. and working hard. Yeah. But the biggest thing that's come to me about how to form a relationship, how to build a relationship, how to maintain a relationship is through hockey. Yeah. It yeah, just, exactly. you become a, not, not the people that don't play sports aren't human, but you just have a human aspect of how to communicate with yeah, people. On a, on exactly. A, you know, I'm sure Don's is yelling at you. Jordan, you, you, yeah, Miller, exactly. you, you know, but you know how to take that and take it into constructive criticism yeah. and lead. Move forward with it. Exactly. Like, you don't think I want to yell at Jeff every now and then when he messes up. It's like, yeah, you do. I'm not joking, Jeff. I'm just joking. <laughs> but, you know, you do it in a way because you know, because you've been yelled at in the past. So, yeah. Like business is just great for, uh, or excuse me, hockey's great for. I don't know, just learning business yeah, roles and, exactly. and, and just being able to have thick skin. It's awesome. Yeah. You'll be surprised when you graduate, whatever you do with your life, mm-hmm. how much you'll take from hockey. It's yeah, awesome. It's exactly. a cool thing. Yeah. You don't even realize it yet, but you realize it after. Yeah, soon coming. Yeah. A couple of years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think just like developing relationships through like through my whole career has, has given me a boost already. I mean, uh, just having the opportunity to be here or be anywhere else that I get to do cool stuff like this is it may not be a step forward in my business life, but I mean, it's a, it's a step forward in making relationships that, that can last a long time, right? Mm. Yeah. And it's funny you say like, yeah, you're up in Quebec, you're playing in other places, then you come home to Cape Breton and you realize right away how yeah. the people treat you differently. Like that's very helpful too. Like yeah. at least I found starting the business here was very helpful having people here that are like, uh, they're patient, they're sympathetic. They understand if you make a mistake, they'll give you a second chance as long as you do it right. Yeah. So people here are very, I don't want to say patient, but they're very understanding. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe if this company was started in Toronto, maybe it would be something, I don't know, it would be something else, but I'm very happy with this part of the world and starting the business. Right. It's great. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. Um, Christmas plans. What are you doing? Other than going home. You're just sitting down watching uh, the juniors. Just, we do the same thing. Family comes, family comes down from, uh, from the Valley and we just 
hang out and enjoy, enjoy each other's presence and just uh, maybe have a few cans and, and relax for the break. Uh, just enjoy being home, relaxing. Everybody's got some time off, so yeah. just look forward to seeing everybody. And it's, it's very rare. I mean, I, three of my cousins are, are SMU, or one of them lives in Toronto. Uh, one's attending SMU. One of them's in uh, NSCC, so it's just hard to get everybody together. And my brother's working all over. Um, it's hard to get everybody back together, so... Yeah. Just look forward to seeing everybody and spending some time not having to think about school or, or hockey for a little bit. Have you paid for uh, a golf membership yet for the summer? I have not. i got to figure that out. It's uh, <clears throat> Golf in this province right now is pretty damn impossible to find a membership that yeah. uh, you're going to be able to get tee times uh, you, booked I saw, immediately. I, I saw you at Penn Hills a lot last year. Yeah, so all my buddies are, all my buddies are out there. Um, I'm not sure what their plans are this year. All my buddies from home are out there. Um, I'm not sure if I'll be out there. I spend a lot of time in Halifax, so it's hard for me. It's, it's a it's a decent travel out there. So yeah, I'm not sure. I like going in, and getting a, getting my round in, and, and getting out, and not having to travel too much. But uh, yeah. um, also, Granite Springs. Grant Springs is yeah. I think they have a long wait list though, don't they? Yeah, they do. You just gotta know someone. All yeah, all. yeah. It's it's hard to it's hard to get a place. I mean, I was at Oakfield before. <clears throat> um, it was just too hard to get a tea time, and I was working there before, so. Um, all my buddies left, so I just kind of left with them. That's I didn't, the thing. you got to find buddies to go with. Yeah, exactly. It's and like, it's hard. And it's, I mean, it's one to get me on a wait list and get me a membership. But if I don't have anybody to play with, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. So, like, it's hard to get all the guys in golf so busy nowadays around here. Oh, man, um, it's, it's And consumed. I'm part of that problem. I'm, I'm a new golfer, too. So When did you start, like, taking it, like, fully? You said Rouen. I started it. Yeah, like so it would have been. Two, three my, years ago? Two years ago, I would have started playing. Like, COVID? Yeah. COVID, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was one of those ass that came yeah. in and, and took everybody's tea times, and now I complain <laughs> about them, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. the same boys Yeah, exactly. You. But I just, I'm addicted to it. I probably, probably 40 rounds a year plus, so yeah. I get it in as much as I can. What's your uh, best score last year? Last year? Probably a 71 Dude. last year. 71, yeah. Dude. And yeah. you just started two years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm, a, I'm an addict to it, so like, uh, just been at the simulators probably twice a week for the last three weeks too like just i'm always i'm always trying to get better at it and it's just one of those things i got a pretty addictive personality to sports so once i i mean when i first started playing i was pretty trash and it's just like i don't like accepting that i'm bad at things so i just work at it until i until i get half decent so you're a golf sicko is what they yeah, call exactly. it exactly yeah i got that bug in the cape breton ties have you been up to cabot at all yeah i played cabot <sighs> When they had that deal on two years ago, um, whatever that deal two was, rounds, we went out and played two rounds. We played. Yeah. Oh, it was the most unbelievable golf trip I've been on. It was, I think it was twenty-seven, not a cloud in the sky both days. It was just unbelievable. I think it actually rained. It rained on us on the eighteen green, green in their second day, Positive. and it was almost refreshing. Yeah, yeah it was say. almost refreshing. Yeah, yeah. I got in the car and went home. It was just uh, perfect weather, no wind up there. Like I don't know if you could have it on two better days. What, what what is it that's so magical about this place? I've never been, but every time I never got a been. buddy that comes back, they just go, "It's out of a movie." Like, it's what like, was it about you that just pretty cliche? But it's like it's almost hard to explain until you go there. Like, uh, like you almost feel like you're on a like different planet. Like, just like especially those two days, like not a cloud in the sky. Like you're on the coastline. Like the waves are are going. There's that beach there. Like my girlfriend went down to the beach. Like it was just so relaxing, and the course is obviously just pristine and and it's just like almost a it's almost a different style of golf too than than we play around here yeah yeah it was just fairways or carpet yeah it's just like everything everything's as good as you would think it is and then that much better it's just hard to explain how how nice it is and like uh just well like same as all cape breton welcoming people there you'd think you're going to your number one course in canada it'd be a little bit i mean you know the golf hurdles like the traditionalist but everybody's so welcome like Especially at that time when you had no one traveling in. It was just it was just the locals going to play. It was just unbelievable experience. That's sick. What's the yeah. best part of your game? Uh I mean it's kinda of all over the place. Like, I mean, sometimes my disco sticks rolling and then <laughs> I can hit it, but I mean I'll probably say wedging it. Like yeah. any anything from hundred and fifty in, like uh what are you hitting gap wedge one fifty yeah. or pitching wedge? I'd be pitch 150 yeah. and then everything knocked down from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I feel like that's common with a lot of golfers. Like you're in that 150 range, you yeah. got your wedge out. Yeah. You I mean, when I first, on. I mean, the first year I was playing, I just, big game improving irons and just swinging, swinging as hard as I can with my wedges, like quickly learned that that's not the way to play. And, yeah. and uh, 
I mean, take take some take some less fucking or less hacks at it, sort of cursing. <laughs> take less hacks at it and just uh, slow it down a bit. And nice. It's uh, been moving forward since then. Awesome. Yeah. I want to transition back. How much? What time is it right now? How much? Fifty. Yeah. Oh, are you good for time? Oh, I, I get all the time in the world. Okay, sounds whatever, good. Whatever works for you guys. Um, I just uh, cursing. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I don't have a boss. You're good. No one's <laughs> gonna be mad at you. Um, the U Sports Championships in Halifax this year. Yeah, I was talking to uh, head coach of SMU Nogs, and there's just like a little bit more sense of motivation. Yeah, within the league, do you feel that sense of motivation at Dow? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's our that's our goal is to get there and win that. I think that's everybody's goal in this league is to get there and win that. And I think uh, slowly our team is I'm developing into who we think we can be, and we're starting to form an identity in the league. Um, and I believe that there's a uh, there's nothing holding us back from being there and competing for that national championship. What do you think it's going to take to get there? Like, what are some things within the team that you think you like need to improve on? Uh, you know, I just think like just keep moving forward and keep building on our identity of just being a tough and tough team that's uh, able to capitalize on our opportunities as well. Like, I don't, I think it's uh, our building is pretty tough to come in and play in. Um, I can't see teams. I mean, at least the way they react on the other side. I don't think, I don't think they enjoy coming to our building. I think we got to be able to take that into their ranks and continue stacking wins on top of each other when do you go away and play in other buildings ranks i'm assuming unb is one of the tougher ranks to go into in the league but uh, other than unb maybe i shouldn't assume that but when you go away what are some of the other tougher ranks to play in i think they're all tough i think yeah. everything's got its kind of unique I, we haven't played i haven't played in moncton's home rink yet um we played in the dep uh, they were in a red zone at this point so we played in a dep's rank the brand new rink so i, I can't speak on moncton but I mean, you go to Acadia, you got the Olympic ice. They play their Olympic ice, like, way different than, like, they understand how to play that ice. So they understand how to use that space to their advantage. I mean, we don't have the Olympic ice. We have a smaller ice surface at the form. So they're good there. Then you go to SMU, they got that smaller type burn that they're very good in their building. Um, UMB is obviously just UMB. They're a good team. They're well coached. They are they play the game the right way. And they if you give them any room, they take it and they, they put it in your net. So... Um, all the teams are tough to play in their their arenas. I mean, I think that's a big part of this league as well as is guys are guys are doing school and they're busy in their personal life as well as hockey. And then you get on the bus and you travel game day everywhere. So you're not you're never going to a hotel uh, the night before. Um, at least for us so far, we haven't I haven't stayed in a hotel the night before a game except for once, and that makes it that much harder. You're sitting there with stale legs on the bus eating eating your pregame meal out of a Tupperware. It's tough. So it's hard. It's hard to get wins on the road in this league, but uh, I think just taking your identity and being able to bring that to other rinks is is part of having success on the road. Do you like the reduced schedule at the AUS? I don't know what I think about it. Just coming into Christmas break and knowing that I only have twelve games left until the playoffs yeah. is is a little bit of a weird feeling. Um, coming from I haven't played a season in between um, sixty eight games in the CHL compared to only thirty something here, so it is a little weird. And I wish. It is a lot of fun, so I wish I was playing more games. But yeah. um, don't know how many games are coming after the playoffs plus uh, plus the national championship. So try to just enjoy them all. Yeah, like the I feel like the hockey's going to ramp up after the Christmas break, just knowing okay there is only twelve games left in the national championships right after that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong, the, the level of hockey is unbelievable. Like I said, but post Christmas break, even any league, the Q, NHL, any any league after Christmas. Yeah, just gets ramped up. It does. Yeah, yeah. It's it a lot gets, of fun. Yeah, it starts coming down to crunch time where teams teams realize where they're at the standings and they're either trying to hold on to those spots or they're trying to build spots up to get themselves in that playoff spot. So everything always gets intensified after Christmas and then playoffs is just a whole other beast. Yeah. How, what is the playoff? How does that work? Is it best of seven first round? Not, I am not sure. I have not looked into it. That's at fair. All. So yeah, like it's your it's first just, year. Uh, yeah. First first year. Just been trying to kind of develop into that like I said understanding doing the school doing the doing the practices doing the training doing the games so I haven't looked far into the playoffs yet but yeah. uh, I imagine it'd be four to seven it might be three to five for the first round or I'm not quite sure I'd like for it to be four to seven so we get some extra games in <laughs> when you guys yeah. travel like and play other teams do you guys go with the women's team and like the women's team plays first no 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 I think I think we're on like pretty close to the same schedules but um we definitely don't travel with them I thought yeah. that was a thing in the in the AUS. Like the women's team went with the men's, and then the women's team just played first. Yeah, maybe I could yeah. be completely wrong. They might they might be playing like a day before us or however that works. But uh, I, we're just as far as basketball. They do basketball that? they do that. Yeah. Yeah. So in hockey, I think I mean we got a pretty large team too. Like so, we'd be filling out that whole bus, and then the the 
we just play like uh, as far as I know, it's just us playing up there right now. Because you guys have like practice squad players too and stuff. Yeah, like, are with you yeah, as well. we got a we got a ton of players um, practicing every day. So uh, we got a we got a great amount of guys, good guys in the room. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, advice to someone coming up through the Q ranks, maybe that's a little bit younger, like in the scenario of you, 16, maybe 17 years old, and is looking to carve out a path all the way till they're 20 years old. Because, you know, what is it? Three guys are only allowed on a Q team when they're 20 years old. That's a rare, it's not, yeah, not everyone can do it. Yeah. Um, advice to that kid. I think uh, advice to that kid would just be to understand your role. I mean, um, whether you're that guy who's going to score 30 goals, 40 goals, 50 goals, or you're the guy who's going to be out on the penalty kill blocking shots, um, just take in that and, and do the best you can at your role because there can only be so many so many 50-goal scorers on each team or whatever it is. Right? Not everybody can be that superstar. you got to have the guys that play the game the right way and do the right things on the ice uh, at all times. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. John, you're the man. Yeah. Do you want to thank, thank, you. Do you want to thank anyone at all right now for the – Cocky career? You want to say hello? Ah, just hello to my family. I'd like to thank everybody, uh, Billets, friends, family, brother, everybody. Just thank you for uh, following me and supporting me through the career. Not thanks to the Billets, though, that left you cold for the four hours there. The yeah, end. exactly. Not, no, the, not those I don't people. Think, I don't think they even remember my name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, still, I still can't believe the golf club story. Yeah. That's uh, incredible. <laughs> We'll have to get out golfing one of these times. We'll get yeah, out with ants because I know ants is – I'm always out in East Hans golfing yeah, with ants. go to Penn ants. Hills. So yeah, Penn Hills on, on, on a dry day. On a dry day. No wind, preferably. Yeah, no wind. <laughs> I love – like there in Fox Hollow. Yeah. Like, I love – Fox Hollow I always too. struggle at Fox Hollow. I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, it's open. Gosh, yeah, I just – I don't know why I just struggle at Fox Hollow. I just – it's a course I can't play. Golf's not, a weird not game. Well, yeah, I, I think it's just part of my mental. I think yeah. It's just like – there's no reason for me to struggle at that course. Not a hard course, but uh, I just never play well when I'm there. It's a weird mindset of a, a golf player compared to a hockey player. I said this the other day. Like when you're when you're rolling in hockey, you're rolling. Like yeah. You can carry the momentum shift by shift by shift. But yeah. golf, it's like yeah, you can have a couple good shots, but your fourth and fifth shot, you yeah, can mess exactly. up. It's like yeah. it's hard to gain momentum. It doesn't matter what you do once you get on the green, right? You gotta you gotta finish that out. Yeah. But I love it. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll play it till I'm gone. It's a great sport. 100. Um, once again, man, thank you very much. Yeah. For coming Thanks for having on. me. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. Well, um, we're going to have to get out and see some games here after the Christmas break. Yeah, Hopefully, I we're going to be allowed in the rink. Yeah, I encourage everybody to come out and at least test it out, and I uh, guarantee you, you won't be disappointed that's coming the, out and watching us. That's the businessman in him, Sales. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone, once again, thank you very much uh, for tuning into the podcast. We appreciate it. Enjoy your holidays. Enjoy your Christmas uh, break. Enjoy the World Juniors. Enjoy, just enjoy life. That's it. We are out. Peace. Thank you very much. Lost in the light I pray for the night To take me To take me to After so many words Still nothing's heard Don't know What we should do So someone Could see me now Let them see you my greatest thrill when we just stood still you let me hold your hand till I had my fill even counting sheep don't help me sleep I just toss and turn right there beside you so if someone could help me now they'd help you too Help you to see you through all the hard things we've all gotta do. Cause this life is long, and so you wouldn't be wrong. Being free.
Take them back If we would try again Just remember when Before we were lovers I swear we were friends So if someone could see me now Let them see you Let them see you Life is long, so you wouldn't be wrong. 